Y'all seen Jesus? No, he's not here. The tomb's empty. Did he go to Starbucks? I don't know where he went, but he's not in the tomb. He's empty. He's risen. It is finished. Maybe I should have said not so many people. Just kidding. One day, one day it'll be like, there'll be an arm's reach. 14 around here is like a marathon. It's like 20 laps. We are so glad to be here and have a chance to give praise to our living God. And before we get into the, the message, we've been pumping these invites we got. So if you've seen these cool little business card size invites, you can grab some on the table. We also got some cool round kinds that make good coffee coasters, they make good frisbees, whatever you want to do with them. Any type of distribution is welcome here at One Seed Church. So we encourage you to invite your friends and family, those who don't know God, because that is how we will build this church, is through the inside out, building awareness. When they see our lives changed, they will want a piece of that. They will want to see what is different. And the difference is... Jesus is the difference. Every time something good happens, you learn this after a while. The devil tries to stumble, give you a, a twig in the street. And so I knew today was going to be a good one because last night, I mean, I'm just going to tell you how, how it goes. I drive the trailer to church and I got a truck and it sits in my garage and I went out at nine o'clock last night and the wheel was on its rim. That's not good. It was gone on the rim, you know, rim damage. And what's funny is, I thought, <laughs> the one time I go out early to load the car, normally it's Sunday mornings. But see, through issues, God steers the way. And he sent me out there early. I never go out there early, guys. If I hadn't got out there last night, we would have been in the parking lot, Nate. I'm just saying. And we were about to have the part. Oh, that's the other story. We haven't told that part yet. That was today. That was last night. So thank you, God. I was, we were able to get the spare on there and get it taken care of, and then we're going to be seeing Dobbs, the kingdom of Dobbs down there in Lake St. Louis on Monday. But it's, it scared us. And, and every time you will to do good, evil is present. And any type of stumble or trip he can make you stirred, he will try. But when you see it enough, it's just like, I've been here before. All right, so the wheels broke, can't drive the trailer, can't have church. We'll fix it. So we fixed it. So then this morning, <laughs> the devil, he's so clever. Not. The whole sound system, not working. Nothing. Dead. We're using technology. We're using what's called a digital snake. And a digital snake runs one Ethernet cable for all you geeks out there. This is super cool. If you know the old audio analog world, this is much cooler. Because now you don't have to have the big old honker 32-channel uh, snake that'll crush a man. You can have one Ethernet cable to run 32 channels from the stage back to your board. How awesome is that? But the, the snake died. So we got the wheel on the car, and now we got no sound. So here we are going, okay, we're really going to do the parking lot thing. But we said, you know what? This is the same old thing. It's, it's resurrection day. The devil doesn't want us to shine. Been here before. 
So we figured it out. We moved the soundboard. We got it working. And here we are. Amen. God is good. And I don't share all that to get like, oh, poor me or nothing like that. I share it because there's a real effort behind this thing. And it's a lifestyle. It's not a moment. And when, you, when you're living it in a lifestyle, you get so used to seeing those things that, that you just know the enemy's ways and you laugh it off. When you've not seen it before, it can scare you. But Jesus conquered death today. And so even though the devil tried to scare us with Friday, Jesus says, I got a plan. I got a plan. You can't break my promise, devil, from the beginning. It's been since the beginning. A few weeks ago, we were, uh, so we've been, see, see, today it is finished. But what is not finished is our basement. We're working on finishing our basement. It is almost finished, but it is not finished like the redemption of man. And so a few weeks ago, we were down in the basement and we, we got four kids. So we got like these shelves. And these shelves are like, they're not like little plastic things. They're like big old inventory shelves like you see in a warehouse because we got so much stuff. I won't say junk. We got so much stuff. We got a store and they're up to nine feet in the air. So we're cleaning out the basement and Michelle's doing her thing and I'm looking around. I don't know I'm doing something. And I, I look over. Michelle's on the ground. It's concrete. She's on her back actually. She's not moving. She's fallen, and she can't get up, and she don't have the beeper thing, okay? So these shelves, there's three, one, two, and then the top one. So she thought it'd be smart. I agree, it was just so wise to be standing in flip-flops on the second shelf, cleaning the very top one, and woo, down to her back. You probably remember a few days ago when she looked in pain. That was why, I mean, a few weeks ago, a couple months, I don't know. She's on her back, and so we're like, oh, no, she... She's, she's not moving, like she couldn't move her arm. She thought she had broken her arm. So we're like, she broke something. Oh, she broke something. And all the kids, by the way, Colton was sweeping. His mommy fell and she's on the ground agony. He's just still sweeping. You hear the shh, shh, shh. He's just looking right at us. We're like, dude, do you care? It's like, there's a mess here, dad. Shh, shh, shh. So anyway, it's cool. He's only six. So we, we get her up. We limp her into the car. We go to urgent care. We go in. We get the x-ray. They say, who are you? I say, I'm the husband. Okay. They always ask, who are you? Why are you with her? I guess I look suspicious. And, and we get the x-ray. And we're sure there's a broken bone in the arm. Because she's just like, I can't use it. And she comes out. She has very good skeletal tissue. She has very good bones. There's no broken bones. And in fact, in the x-ray, she was like a ripped bodybuilder. And I got a little jealous. I said, I want an x-ray like that. So yeah, man, she fell on concrete and she got, she's got good bones. Not like big bones that my mom told me when I was a kid at the bus stop, it's okay, honey, you just big boned. Not that kind. They said good bones. Good bones are better than big bones when you're a kid. And she didn't have any broken bones and she was supposed to have a broken arm but she didn't have any broken bones because she had good bones. Good bones. See, the power of God's word is so fascinating is that it reveals collectively. It's revealed collectively to man and is in perfect harmony ranging from Genesis to Revelation. 
We don't just take one, spa- one passage and say, that's it. We look collectively at the context. That's how we get revelation. It's revealed scripture upon scripture, line upon line, precept upon precept. The preservation of the word of God stands on what is statistically impossible, written by over 40 authors in perfect harmony over a writing period of 1,500 years, though we know that the, what they were writing about spanned longer. Over 40 authors in harmony. Leaders, kings, prophets, teachers, servants, and they all got along in their, in their writings. That's statistically impossible. It's impossible. She should have had a broken arm, but she had good bones. Be of good cheer this morning, as when you abide in the truth, the truth shall make you free. There is no chance with God. It's not luck. Good luck. I don't need it. Thank you. I got the Lord. I'm blessed. I got the favor of God when I abide in the truth. I have stepped into the favor of God. And when I abide in the truth, the truth will make me free. And it cannot change no matter what the circumstance. It cannot change. It's forever. When we recognize the power of God was from the beginning, the plan was from way back. As he knows the end from the beginning, we can begin to see our faith shift as there is no question marks in his word. And it reinforces our faith and his faithfulness. It doesn't waver. There's no question marks. If we go to the Gospel of John today, chapter 19, verse 28 through 36. So let me just tell you, as a preacher, holidays are the weirdest ones to preach about because everybody knows the story already. You know what I mean? Well, most everybody. And so you have to figure out a way to pull out some meat to give them on a story they already came in knowing. So what I like to do is I like to try to find something different. We know he died on Friday. We know he suffered for our sins. We know on the third day he rose and today he resurrected. And last year we talked about how he left the linens. And in order to go to where he wanted to go, he had to leave the linens behind. And we had to leave our linens behind too if we wanted to go to the same place that Christ went. That was last year. But this year something else caught my attention. Right before he gave his last breath. It says in verse 28 of John chapter 19. If y'all have Bibles or tablets or whatever you guys use these days. Or if it's just, if you're like an old Hebrew scholar, you have a memory. It's all up here. It's cool too. Go to your Bibles. Verse 28. After this Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, he said, I'm thirsty. He's hanging on the cross. It's not going good. But he says, I thirst. Now a vessel full of sour wine, that sounds hydrating, was sitting there and they filled a sponge with sour wine and put it on a hyssop and put it to his mouth. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. He breathed his last breath on that day. Therefore, because it was the preparation day, that the body should not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for the Sabbath was a high day, the Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken, that they might be taken away. See, y'all probably don't know this. If you ever want to feel this, go into a gym sometime. I'm weird, I did this once. 
I was there working out. I wasn't there just to try this experiment. Go into a gym and like with the cages, grab the bar. Spread your hands wide and start sinking. And feel what happens. You can't breathe. So what they do is when you're not dying fast enough on a cross, when you're hanging there by your nails already, they break your legs so you sink. Because then you suffocate. It's not, it's not the most fun experience. And it's really weird, but when you do that and you feel that, man, it, it gets your attention. That this, this was God, but he suffered on a level we have no idea. He suffered in an unimaginable way for us. They asked that they break the legs, but when they got to Jesus, they saw he was already dead. So they didn't break his legs. He was supposed to get his legs broke. It's tradition to break the legs before the Passover because we don't want those bodies hanging up there for our feast. But his legs were, his, he was already dead. So they didn't break his legs. He had good bones. They didn't break nothing. They were in good shape. They didn't have to because they saw he was already dead. Verse 34, but one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear and immediately blood and water poured out. So they're checking, just let's make sure he's really dead. We let him off the hook with the knees. But they didn't know they're fulfilling prophecy as they take each of these steps. They didn't know that God said they would do that too. They would pierce my side. All to glorify my plan. Verse 35, and he who has seen has testified. This is John talking about the soldier who pierced his side. And his testimony is true. And he knows that he is telling the truth so that you may believe. For these things were done that the scripture should be fulfilled. Not one of his bones shall be broken. It's it's prophetic. The lamb shall not have broken bones. In Exodus chapter 12, 46, when it was time to eat the Passover lamb, they were not allowed to break the bones. How many know Jesus was our Passover lamb? And he was not allowed to have broken bones. Y'all know when that was written? Thousands of years earlier, when Jesus was on the cross. See, the word upholds the word. It's predictive. Exodus 12, 46, in one house it shall be eaten, talking about the Passover lamb. You shall not carry any of the flesh outside this house is for you, not them. In none of its bones, you shall not break one of its bones. Psalm 34, 20, he guards all his bones, not one of them is broken. See, the New Testament is flooded with prophecy. The, the scripture about him getting pierced in the side was another prophecy. The betrayal of 30 pieces of silver was another prophecy. On and on. The day of Pentecost was another prophecy all the way back in Isaiah. All of it is supported by God's word. So when, when, when people come along and say, well, why is the sky blue? And why this? And the first thing I say is, do you believe in wind? Well, yeah, of course. Can you see it? No. But you can see the fruits of it. Okay, that's a good starting point. Well, if you can believe in when, then I can explain to you why you can believe in God. But when God gets your heart, you don't need someone to tell you why God is real because you know God is real on your own because God's word is living in life and it gets in your heart and it's supported by his word collectively. It's predicted. And the prediction was that Jesus would have no broken bones because the Passover lamb was not allowed to have broken bones. 
God has good words, good bones, excuse me, prepared for you. That's my message today, is good bones. Good bones. When you leave here, I want you to remember good bones. God has good bones prepared for me. What does that mean? It means when you have doubt, when you have situations, you can look back on the word and remember that God's word predicted everything that was to come to pass and it's never changed. It's supported by its own writings collectively over the 40 authors. You don't have to fear because when you come into the truth, you know there's nothing to doubt any longer. Even when the situation looks bleak, his word is predictive. The, pro the prophetic nature of God's plan of redemption in, in itself is enough to believe. I mean, he couldn't stage this. He didn't go to France and marry and have 10 kids. He couldn't stage a death, burial, and resurrection. He couldn't stage no broken bones in a culture that always broke the bones. He couldn't stage the betrayal of 30 pieces of silver. He couldn't stage it because God's word is living and prophetic, prophetic and when God plans it, it is. When God says it, it is. And it was said a long time before it happened. But it happened. He knows our hurdles before they even happen. He knows what you're going through, and he knows what we're going to going through, go through. But we still have choice. But his word is consistent. God knows the choice we will make. And the text predicts only in a way that God could orchestrate. God had to orchestrate for this to play out like it did. That's why. The resurrection is so important because it stands the test of time when no other does. Only the resurrection of Jesus stands the test of time. The Lamb of God was to always come into this world and redeem his people. He was the Lamb for our redemption. And God has prepared good bones for you. Some people confuse that word. Well, for predestined, then it's already done with. No. It says we are predestined according to the foreknowledge of God, meaning God knows what we will do. He knows what we will choose, but he doesn't make us do it. We are not puppets on a string. We have a choice. And when we choose to abide in his world, word, that's when we become free. We're not born free or not. We're born into sin, unfortunately, because of the curse of sin, which is the wage of death. According to the Garden of Eden, the first sin, there was no death before sin. But God knows where we're going, and if we choose to abide in him, whether we don't fully quite understand yet, he says, don't worry, look what I did. I predicted the crucifixion from 2,000 years earlier. I predicted the spirit. I did all these things. I know what's going to happen. You have to quit doubting me, and you have to trust me, because I want you to be in heaven with me. Amen? It's like the time I slid into a deck. I know, you see the correlation. How many used to go sledding, you know? School's out, grab your sled when you're a kid. It's back before they had like tablets. We had Nintendo. Anybody, anybody sled when it's cold and there's, you know, we actually have snow? Anybody? We got some sled, sledders. We got, oh yeah, sledders, sledders if that's a word. We had these orange sleds from like 1980 that were throughout most of my young life. And I think even when those things got holes in them, we just duct taped them, I don't even know. So we had these railroad ties behind my friend's house, Kent, 
and Andrew lived behind him. And, and Andrew's dad had a restaurant. Um, he had a, a Korean, two restaurants, and his dad was a cook, and you could always smell the food from his house. And we'd sled off Andrew's hill off these railroad ties that, at least four feet. I mean, they were up there. Because, you know, you want to get air. You know, you got to get some air on your sled. So we come off the, we come off the hill, and we, woo, and then slide down. And Ken had a deck at the bottom of the hill, but as long as you, you know, jumped off the deck, jumped off the sled, you wouldn't hit the deck and die, you know. But this one time, I chose to be a daredevil, and I couldn't get off the sled in time. So what I do? I just stick my hand out, and I stuck my hand and went right into the post of the deck, and break goes my wrist. I went home. My dad was like, I think it's just sprained. I'm like, I can't move my arm, dad. It's broken. Something's wrong. So we went to the um, ER again, and there it was, broken. It was broke. God didn't break my arm, but he knew I was going to break my arm out of adolescence, right? He knows when we're going to break something, fall, stumble. He doesn't stop caring for us in those situations. He then tries to bring good from it. He tries then to, to then help us next time not to hit the deck. And he says, maybe, maybe don't slut off the railroad ties. There's a good start. If you don't want to crash into the deck and break a bone, quit jumping off the railroad ties when there's a deck at the bottom of your hill. See, some of us continue to slide down the hill and we say, God, where were you? And God says, I tried to warn you. Don't go off the railroad ties, brother. But we don't listen sometimes. It takes a few crashes sometimes. But I made that choice. God didn't make that choice for me. It was predestined that I would make a stupid choice. But he didn't pull my string and make me make the choice. If that makes sense. And that's what it means when God knows the end from the beginning, when the Bible talks about that. We have a choice. Jesus had a choice to hang on the cross, but the plan never changed from the beginning. And people say, well, come on off that cross. I remember they badgered him then. Come on off that cross. If you're the, if you're the son of God, come off that cross. But he understood the mission. Just because he was God doesn't mean he had to do it the way they thought God should do it. They thought he was going to be coming as a roaring lion, but he said, I came as a Passover lamb. They had it backwards. Because they had it backwards, they couldn't see that he was the Messiah they had been learning from their Jewish heritage for all those years, and instead they crucified him. Again, fulfilling more prophecy. See, God will take every situation and mess up man does, and he'll keep using it towards his plan because he knows what's going to happen. He's so good like that. He just turns it right into more support for him. More prophetic support is predictive. God's word is predictive. It gives us a safety net when you recognize the power of his word is truth and that it doesn't waver. And when we really recognize that, there's a peace you get. The next thing about God's word that's so fascinating, illustrated by the crucifixion, is his word is consistent. He never changed what he told his disciples or apostles that he would do. He always stuck to the plan. He could have opted out and said, I don't want to die. You know, he was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he cried because he had feelings. Well, if he was God, how dare him have feelings and cry? Well, he took on this, the weight of the world, of all the sin of the world, every disgusting thing we could think of. He took it on the weight of himself. He put it on himself, took it from us, and he's in the garden, and he knows his time is coming. He's, he's got flesh, you know. He's fully God and fully flesh at the same time, and his flesh was crying out because it, it was nervous. But he didn't change his mind. 
Because that would break his word. If he changed his mind, it would have broke his word. And God's word is consistent. So when you know it's consistent, you know it's predictive, and it's in harmony, there is no doubt that needs to enter our minds. We can trust in that consistency. He didn't bounce around. He wasn't flaky. Could you imagine if Jesus was like, I don't know, I just don't feel like it today. I don't really want to go to the cross. How about next week? God says, we need you now. Uh, how about next week? My Google calendar is a little full. Uh, leave me a voicemail. I'll get back to you. Uh, send me an email. Oh, I didn't get it. I didn't get the email. I didn't get the email about the, 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 the crucifixion. I'll try next week, okay? It doesn't work like that. Because a mission is a mission, and a word is a word, and a word can't change from God. It's eternal. And it's consistent. And thank you, God, for not wavering on your promises. <laughs> little, little pool action in the back there. Jesus showed the Messiah had come, and he did miracles to reveal the spiritual. And God wants you to grasp this concept of good bones today because you will leave knowing there's no reason to doubt. He died to pay a ransom. Even from the time he was a little boy, he knew the mission. Remember when he was in the synagogue arguing with the Pharisees, telling them how stupid they were? And his mom and dad were looking for him. He said, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm getting them together. They don't even know what they're doing. He knew the mission all the way at 12 years old. He was consistent. He wants us to be consistent too. He doesn't want us to be flaky. He doesn't want us to waver. He wants us to be consistent in harmony with him in everything we do. Because consistent behavior brings results. Goals are achieved through consistent behavior. If you have goals for anything, in or outside of God, see, you want your goals to be blessed by God. That's why it matters. But whether anything you pursue, consistency is how you'll get there. It's not built overnight. It's baby steps. And you want it to be blessed by God. So you say, God, not my will, but your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And if this be your will, then this is what I desire, Lord. Help me, help me walk your path. Whether it be a business, whether it be mending a relationship, whether it be finding a relationship, whether it be staying faithful, staying dedicated to Christ, staying committed to your church, staying, staying in all these things, learning more about the gospel. I don't know anything, God, but I want to learn more. He says, then just stick with me. Keep coming, keep receiving, and I'll change your heart. Be consistent. People identify with your pattern. Everybody say, your pattern. I hate to break it to you, but you may not think they know your pattern, but they know your pattern, okay? They just don't tell you. Everybody has patterns. I do, my wife does, my kids do, my family does. And when you're around somebody enough, you know their patterns. And so after a while, you just wait for them to say, when are they going to see their own pattern? And God wants us to see our pattern and make sure it's consistent. And when we, when we waver our pattern and we think that nobody notices, God still does. And he's not going to strike you with a lightning bolt. He's not going to smack you in the head. He's going to say, my son, my daughter, what are you doing? I want to help you. You're going the wrong way. You're doing it again. You're doing it. Do it again. Do I said, da, 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 da. elevation worship, do it again. I'm really bad at lyrics, as you can tell. You're doing it again. 
He wants us to be known by our pattern. And when people see your pattern, they're going to say, they know Jesus. That's what you want. They love Jesus. They know Jesus. They want to shine the gospel to the world. That's what you want your pattern to be. And you can take that pattern into the world. It was meant to go to the sick. It was meant to go into the world. It was meant to go places, not just in your church. Well, they might look at me weird. Yeah, it happens. The weird, weird is not a bad thing. With God, weird is a good thing. Because if you weren't different, then what, what would, you know what I mean? You just mix in. You want to show separation in some way to lead people. Show a difference. Show that true light and be consistent with your pattern. It's like when you get the, the ground, the mole in the yard, you know, and the, the mole, you get your grass nice and green and the mole starts buzzing all around. You go out there and what do you see? You see the tunnels, right? Any, any grass people that know what I'm talking about and you get really angry and you see the, the tunnels in your yard? Anybody? Any, nobody has moles in your yard? One? Come on, somebody, just say yes anyway. So I, okay, okay, dear. <laughs> just kidding. So the, you, know the, you know the mole, what he's doing when you see the pattern. You don't have to talk to the mole first. You, you don't say, Mr. Mole, did you dig these holes and just ruin all my grass for the whole year? No, because you see his pattern. You see the pattern he's putting through the, through the yard. The pattern matters. The pattern is important, and we are to reflect the word and in order to reflect the word we want to try our hardest to be consistent with our pattern small steps as we look ahead we need to focus on where we are right now God can use you right now some of y'all don't know what serving is this is not a plug for serving let it be if you want it to be. That's cool. But some of y'all have been to church for all your life and never, never had a concept of serving. But that's when real revelation happens. I was that way. I was in and out. I didn't care about nothing. I just wanted to go to church and do my thing. But when I understood a servant's heart, it took me like 30 years of life. Changed everything. I saw Jesus in a whole new way. And God can use you right now. You are not disqualified from being used by God right now to influence peers he needs you now not later everybody say now not later God's love is consistent his love for us is the same as in the, as it was in the beginning as it is today right now his love hasn't changed in all these years it's never changed because God is faithful to his people God is faithful to his promise he never wavered on his faithfulness. A love so pure, so deep, so genuine. You can trust Jesus. If you can trust no one else. I know the feeling. I know that feeling of broken trust. But there's one you can always, always trust. Jesus. Always. He's faithful. He still saves people. He still fills people with the Holy Ghost. He still raises people to life. And yeah, when he does something supernatural, you're going to see the fruits of something supernatural in your life. Because God is supernatural and he's spirit. It goes beyond our senses. He's still delivering today. He's still 
saves today. And Christ was committed to us when he hung on that cross and rose the third day. Are we committed to him, church? Come on. Who's committed to God? Let me see. Let me hear you say yes. We are committed to Christ our Savior. Amen. God has good bones prepared for you. But you have to abide in him to receive. Strong relationships are committed and faithful. You can avoid being tossed to and from all the issues in your life when you anchor in Jesus. Your life feels like it's a mess? It might be. Do you have an anchor? What's your anchor? Is it a floaty or is it an anchor? Is it one of those light bell anchors that doesn't do the trick on the boat? Or is it a nice tandem anchor that digs in the ground? That's what Jesus is. He wants to be the tandem anchor in your ground that once it's in there, there's boat talk. Once it's in there, that boat's not moving. It's not going anywhere. You, you try to use the bell anchors without a tandem anchor, and they just slide around on the ground. Your boat keeps drifting slower. Jesus wants to be your anchor in the ground of your life. My relationship is only as good as my faithfulness. If I'm not faithful, my relationship will suffer with people and with God. God desires we model our life based on his word. God laid down his life so we could have new life. Today, he has risen. The king of kings still reigns and lives today and forever. If y'all could stand with me this resurrection day, 2019. As we close, God has good bones prepared for you. Jesus wants to give some of you new good bones today. He wants to replace what was broken with new good bones that don't break. They won't break when the tire's flat. They won't break when the sound cable's not working. They won't break when you fall off the shelf and land on concrete. They won't break when you sled into a deck. They won't break because these are bones that are meant to be good and never be broken because that's God's word and it abides, it abides forever. Amen. It's okay to clap. It's okay to give God praise in his word. He wants to give you new bones. And your heart may have been broken, but God is ready to mend your broken heart with a new heart. You can leave here today thankful and strong walking in his word. I want to close with a passage of scripture. I don't usually do that, but this I just felt like God was calling this passage to me in 1 Corinthians. Paul is talking to the church of Corinth. God's word transcends time, demographics, social statuses. And this word to the Corinthian church applies to us today in this church and in this culture. It says, moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received and in which you stand right now, by which you are also saved if you hold fast that word which I preached to you unless you believed in vain. Faith takes action. 
Belief is in vain if there's no action behind your belief, is what he's saying there. For I delivered you, delivered to you first all of that which I also received. Paul is saying, I'm giving to you everything that I've been given, which is what the body does. It says that Christ died for our sins and according to the scriptures, and he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. Today he rose again according to to the scriptures and that he was seen by Cephas then by the 12 and after that he was seen by over 500 brothers at once for whom the greater part remain with us to the present but some have passed on and fallen asleep after that he was seen by James then by all the apostles then last of all he was seen by me also as by one out of due time was saved. Paul's saying he even got my heart and I was the most wretched one of all and I took a long time but he even got me so when he got me he can get you. Let's bow our heads and pray as we we exit this resurrection day. Lord Jesus Christ we give you thanks this morning. We show reverence this morning that the king has risen, that you have risen God. We're thankful and so full of thankfulness and gratefulness God that you would hang on a cross for us God you would suffer for us you would take the thorns in your head for us God and though we don't we weren't there we didn't have to be there because we know your word is true and we know by your presence of your spirit Lord when you are with us and we know that you suffered for our sake and for that we are forever grateful and we can never earn such a love for no greater love is one lay down his life for his friend and you lay down your life for all mankind Jesus we give you thanks today God we celebrate your name Jesus the name above all names we celebrate you today God for you are the king of all the land and creation. And if the house of God could say in Jesus' name, amen.